Thanks for downloading. A lot of us are already using ChatGPT to help us create content, things like calls to action, email subject lines and whatnot. But how can AI help us make our marketing agency run a little more efficiently? Now, this week, I'm chatting with Tim Butler, marketing professional, over two decades of experience in sales and marketing consultancy. is also the founder and CEO of marketing consultancy firm Innovation Visual. Now, Tim's going to share his thoughts on ChatGPT and AI in general, how his team are using Using it and how he sees AI helping with things like customer communications and that. And are we going to lose our jobs? <laughs> uh, you can find Tim on LinkedIn, YouTube, the Innovation Visual website. Check out the links in the show notes. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, you can find lots more of them, over 200 of them, at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked him was kind of in the world of marketing. Where do you see AI helping the most? Is it content or strategy or processes or something else? I think it's going to depend very much on what people actually do, where it's going to help them most. I mean, it it really is going to become persuade, uh, pervasive across mm. all kind of areas. So, I mean, uh, there's kind of, I, in my mind, there's like 10 primary areas where AI is really having an impact from marketing viewpoint. So it's mm. things like content, which is the, the one that lots of people are talking about using things like ChatGPT. Mm. But then... Uh, Content creation is one thing, but also you can use it within client services. Um, you can use it in SEO and optimization. Then you've got things like codeless programming, which is um, coming yeah. through from from AI. Personalization at scale. Then you've got all the visuals and the graphical stuff. You've got then support and chat. You've got ads and advertising in terms of programmatic. Um, and then you've got the d the data piece, which I think is data mm. analysts is is a big thing, but also synthetic data, probably worth worth us mentioning as well. And then actually, I think sort of the the last, if you like, of the the sections is the tool enhancement, where you're already using a tool, and that tool is is being enhanced by the addition of um, AI. So I, I don't know whether we want to dip in john to any of those particular yeah. areas yeah i was quite interested when you mentioned client services how do you see it helping there so if you think about the operation of a uh, of an agency typically one of the most important things is, is great communication and reactivity should yeah. we say and proactivity with your clients so we're embracing ai a lot and actually client services is one of the areas that's benefited because you can do things like, and I know it sounds slightly impersonal, but mm. you can actually have emails written very easily by using like yeah. the, the language models like ChatGPT, but you can also use the AI to create reports in a faster way. So you can, you can put in some of the information, you can ask for the analysis. You can also come back with questions in terms of answers to questions from clients by supplementing your your own thinking if you yeah. like by by putting it into ai and then also for us our client services team uh, very much aren't just pushing work around if you like that they're, they're very much on the strategy side and what's interesting is i think ideation using ai tools so yeah okay, we think we could do this, but what other ideas could be out there? 
And rather than spending, you know, three hours of client time on ideation to come up with some new um, campaign ideas, you might spend one hour and you've actually, because you've been using AI, you get more than you would have done with three hours of billable time. So I think the client services thing is a, is a really interesting area, yeah. giving better value for money and better answers. I mean, would you be using it to communicate more with your clients? I would like to think, actually, that we communicate just the right amount for each of the clients, yeah. regardless of whether we use AI. Because I, 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 I always think that it, if you communicate too much too quickly and you react too quickly and too fast, you can then lead to the client having too high expectations of what you can do. Yes. Yeah. You, you mean making the, the rod for your own back yeah, in terms of, oh, exactly. well, you yeah. usually reply within 30 minutes with a detailed answer. Why yeah. do you not do that now? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say, I would say not. And I would say it's not about increasing the volume. It's about increasing the, uh, the efficiency, so reducing the overhead cost of the client comms, but also mm. improving the total positive impact of that work as well. Yeah, you, you mentioned support and chat as well. One of the one of the amusing things I read, I don't know whether it was a couple of years ago, was that the, the most popular question to a chatbot was, "I want to speak to a real person." Yes, <laughs> it was. Yeah, so, yeah. It, but so, so I chat is really. It's a really interesting area. So we've been working in chat and, and what we would term here conversational marketing for, for quite a few years. I remember mm. going out to the US and and um, going to Hypergrowth, which was Drift's conference over there and listening to all the things that they were doing. And this was before the large language models were embraced by, yeah. by these chat tools. And, and what's happened actually prior even to the large language models being employed is that people have now got used to it like people going into the supermarket and using the self-service checkout and I don't know about you John but when those self-service checkouts first came in there I was like you know yeah. why am I doing this you know yeah. I'm, I'm paying you for the food surely you can have a human take my money yeah um but now now we all use them naturally yeah. you go yeah. to some of the things like Tesco Metro or Marks and Spencer's sort of uh, on the go and, and all of a sudden it's only self-service tilts. Yeah. And chat has become like that. And I saw a really interesting metric. It was, it was actually over a year ago that when um, people over 55 were surveyed, they actually preferred the advice from chatbots than from real people right. because they believed it was better and more accurate. Right. So look how the worm has turned yeah, from yeah, yeah. I don't want to chat to chatbots. So yeah. Um, and now we've turbocharged them with these large language models, yeah. which allows people to effectively freak speedily. Uh, uh, freak speedily. Speak freely. Look at that. You see, yeah. um, you wouldn't get a, an AI doing that. Um, <laughs> And um, you've got this great situation where you don't need to construct, uh, if you like, structured flows. Because when we were doing conversational marketing, a lot of it's to do with structured flows. And those are what gets people into a jam when you've only got, you know, those are your six options. Well, mm. actually, I want something else. AI, I think, is going to free that up. It's not yeah. there yet. I'll say that. But yeah. it's um, getting there. Um, 
it's getting there for sure. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned low-code programming as well. How do you see it working with this, connecting to APIs, connecting different software, things like that? Well, whew. Writing bits of code, I, for, writing bits of code for you. I mean, I've used it to write bits of JavaScript, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the writing, writing code, it's good. Checking code, mm. yeah, it, it ticks a box. My understanding is that Samsung had to scrap a huge amount of source code when one of their developers <laughs> put it into ChatGPT oh. to check it, and yeah. they realised that then it had just become the intellectual property yeah. um, of yeah. OpenAI. Yeah. Uh, so you know <laughs> there are some there yeah. are some issues there, but from my viewpoint, APIs and that kind of thing, they they still need to be thought through. Hmm. And there was a study done by, I think it was a, a New York-based um, university, I can't, can't remember which one, but they tested code written by AI and they found that 78% of it was insecure. Hmm. So I don't know what their definition of insecure was, but certainly that's not a great thing. Now, I don't know what the level of security is on code written by human beings because it could be 80 percent or it could be you know 20 percent yeah but i think we need to be we need to be careful we don't rush in and try and do too much or maybe two of the big jobs with ai yeah and forget to do the thinking around it yeah it gets things wrong as well i mean i've i've asked it to do things before with bits of code and things like that and it's it's got it phenomenally wrong and and but but it's it's given you a starting point which may have taken you 15 20 minutes to start if that makes yes. sense so yeah. so you, you've got something already to work on and then you can just edit it change it and get yeah. it to work so it actually does speed up the process a little bit yeah, I think it's I think it speeds it up a lot. And mm. my understanding, I'm not a coder, mm. um, but my understanding is that when you have something not working, taking a chunk of code and dropping it into a, a into a tool and asking to figure out what's wrong that yeah. can that can be very um, much more efficient. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you mentioned ideation as well, and that's something I've used used um, ChatGPT for to you know come up with ideas for different things. Um, how do you find that works? Do you use it predominantly for solo projects, like if you if you're working on something yourself, or would you still have the normal brainstorming session if you were in a group of of, of colleagues? We're trying to make sure that we've got checks and balances around how we're using AI on the whole. Hmm. And so we're using it in different scenarios depending on on what we're trying to do and, and not necessarily have a, you know, it's for a group thing or it's for an individual yeah. um, thing. But what I would say around ideation is where we found the the if you like the volume application for it, the, the, the efficiency is when you have a starting point. So let's take, for instance, a, um, a landing page, a set of text for a landing page for a certain hmm. target audience for a client, hmm. taking that and then asking for variants of it yeah. and doing ideas in that way. I think that's efficient and useful because one of the things about when people do ideation, if you do it off 
from scratch, if you like, on a tool like ChatGPT, people don't realize it's not it's not a live tool. It's not sure. being trained on yeah. the whole internet. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not looking at the whole internet. It's a it's a large language model. So it's understanding from the language that you put in a series of words that come out that should make sense and therefore asking it to to work from scratch you are asking it to construct language that it thinks is going to please you uh, yeah. if you like rather than giving it a starting point of, of where you are so i think people need to be a little bit careful um when it comes to that stuff and then there's also there is the problem with ai hallucination as well yes. yeah just making stuff up doesn't it i mean it does yeah yeah if it, yeah and, and it. yeah a great a great story from the the head of computer science at um newcastle uni when um he asked i think it was chat gpt for under undergraduate math pure mathematics books you know the 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 top five pure maths yeah. books for undergrads and it gave him four books written by various doctors and professors and every single book was completely made up you know the, the, <laughs> yeah. it was just it, it, yeah. plausible titles and plausible names of professors and doctorates yeah. and and people have to be really aware of that and i think yes. that some people aren't no absolutely yeah i mean one thing i've been quite impressed with recently i use um uh, Evernote, the uh, note-taking application, yeah. quite a, quite a lot, uh, and they've just introduced AI search, and and the AI search is based on your own knowledge, your own content. So, I, for example, I use a lot of um, style sheets and design sheets for for clients. So I, I've got a, you know the font sizes, the heading fonts, the body fonts, and all this sort of thing. Um, so I can I can now t- turn around and just type in what's the body font and color for X client just put the client's ah. name hit go and it just gives me the answer i don't have to look at the style sheet it just gives me the answer i see this being a really powerful thing being able yeah. to answer questions quickly based on our yeah. own data our own information yes. and not what's on what's out there yeah i think you've you've hit on something which is really you know the powerful thing when mm. you start connecting ai to your own proprietary data set, mm. whether that's, you know, as you say, your Evernote mm. um, collection of, uh, you know, looking through the style sheets and the text in there, or whether it be a company's, you know, back catalogue of content, whether it be, you know, what they've got within their internal knowledge base or their data sets when you start applying yeah. it specifically i think it becomes very powerful exactly because i mean if you've got all your google analytics your, your google tag manager your, your big data whatever it's google are called you know what's it called it's look look at oh, i don't know look at look a studio look a studio look a studio is the oh. new name for data studio yeah that's the one i mean if you've got all of that connected to something that can understand it in natural language yeah it's yeah you but you yeah. touch on an interesting thing there because for it to work really well, you need to centralise your data yeah. for it to understand yeah. it better. And that's where um, things like, you know, the big data um, options and stuff come in there. And, you know, the creation of data lakes, or if you're a small yeah. client, we talk about data ponds, but actually bringing people's data together in a way that you can dissect across these different things. So whether it's Google Ads or Google Analytics, whether it's 
HubSpot, whether it's stuff coming in from MailChimp or SurveyMonkey, yeah. you know, um, all of these different elements. Um, so I mean, wouldn't it be great just to be able to type in and say, how do you know, you're talking about MailChimp, how did my MailChimp campaign called whatever it's called, how did it perform and what suggestions do you give to make it yep. perform better? Well, they, they've got something similar to that. I don't know whether it's public, actually, because um, we get a number of private beaters being part of our HubSpot partner program. Mm, but yeah. within HubSpot, there is a, now an AI-powered chat feature where you can literally do exactly what you said and ask it real-world questions of the, the, your own data set within your HubSpot instance. Yeah. And then actually the, the, the latest stuff that we've been utilizing is it will then also go out to a live uh, data set, if you like, and come back with real world data. So you can actually ask it questions about, you know, coming up with, you know, numbers of people with certain uh, or companies with certain fit and against certain criteria which is really amazing that you're just typing this in as, yeah. as free text and asking the question yeah yeah absolutely so so do you think ai is going to take marketing jobs do you think it's more of a tool or or do you think jobs will change so interestingly a, f a while ago my dad who's retired was mm. not in marketing anyway he said oh everybody's everybody's going on about ai tim and you know i, I don't really get what it is he said, he said they keep banging on about how much of a big deal is it? Yeah. And I said to him, I said, Dad, this is like the industrial revolution again. Yeah. I said, but unlike when we move from fields to factories, I said, this is going to happen way, way quicker. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to have a really profound effect. So the answer to your question, is it going to take marketing jobs? Absolutely. It's already taking them. I think it's very interesting where it is at the moment with AI. The more siloed and specific the task, the easier it is for AI to understand that and to replicate it and then to do it faster, better, cheaper, yeah. whatever you want. So, for example, the writing of some content or should we say, you know, variants of um, landing pages, you know, that's very siloed, very specific running uh running ads um so setting up um you know repeated ad campaigns for for things you know that's a very siloed task analyzing data can be a very siloed task those are the things that it can become very good at you know uh, mm. creating images even you know uh, yeah. those things it's getting good at what it's not so good at is joining dots so understanding when you know what content to use there that will work across this platform and this platform, thinking about the strategy. So it will remove jobs, mm. but it will create jobs mm. and it will evolve jobs. And, and you know, I think it's, it's very important than uh, us at every level, from an individual level to a company level through to a societal level, understands the change and, and thinks about the retraining requirements. So as an individual listening, you know, to your podcast, you know, each person listening should be saying, okay, what do I need to learn? How do I need to retrain my skill set? Yeah. You know, I, I'm a CEO, 
you know, I need to learn and retrain how I do things right the way through to, you know, all the people in my team, but also within organisations, how do we need to change our skill base? And then society as a whole, if we're going to compete um, in the, the new world that's going to be AI powered, you know, how do we need to change our skill base? And, and that starts maybe the education of the young, but the retraining of those already yeah. in the workplace. Yeah, it'd be nice to see the universities get on board a bit quicker with this than they did with the digital side of things, because that was very slow. Yes, and sometimes misguided. I, mm. I do remember not that not that long ago when I interviewed somebody who came out of a technical college with a computing qualification and they told me about their final year project and I said oh what did you build it in and I and they said flash and I said you're kidding aren't you yeah and this was literally when you could not run flash on any Apple devices. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So why on earth did they let you do that? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I did a talk. It was just before the pandemic. It was, it was probably 2018, 19, probably. did a talk with a university in Birmingham um, to marketing students in their marketing course. And and I was talking about marketing analytics and, and trying to measure behaviour, measure uh, conversion rates, return on investment, things like that. And, and I would say... and. None of them had heard of things like Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Google Search Console. None of them had heard of any of wow. this, and they were in the last year of a three-year degree in marketing. And I'm thinking, wow. this you really should know that these tools exist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully universities will be a bit quicker. <laughs> yes. Prob- probably yes. not. <laughs> yeah, we will yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. see. Um, Tim, fascinating having a chat. Um, enjoyed yep. this. Uh, where can we find you where's your website social media bits what do you do uh so uh the website is innovationvisual.com it's all one word and no underscores and things like that so um that's a great place to start we've got a knowledge base on there as well you can also um find on that website but also on youtube our podcast which is digital marketing answered Mm, i was going to say you've got a bit of a youtube thing going on haven't you yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's proving interestingly popular, which is really good. So I, I'm pleased with with how that's going. We're probably more active on YouTube and LinkedIn than the other platforms. Um, we are on X. Um, you know, it's underscore innovation <laughs> yeah. uh, innovation visual at sorry yeah. innovation viz. Um, same for Instagram. But yeah, our, our focus really who we're dealing with in terms of um, senior marketing people tend to be most active on LinkedIn and uh, and on YouTube as well. Fantastic. What I'll do is I'll stick a load of links in the show notes and folks can um, tap on those and and get to you pretty quickly. Um, That would be perfect. Tim, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. No, John, thank you for, for inviting me on. It's been lovely chatting to you. Thanks again to Tim for his time. Uh, Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon, everywhere. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.